Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchie from Kimberly, Fox Valley Throws, and all other things in the Fox Valley. Coach, how are we doing over there? Brian, everything's going good. It's cold outside and we're getting some snow, but other than that, great day for another podcast. Yeah, it's about time. You know, everybody, I think, you know, complains about the snow, but, you know, we live in Wisconsin and it's time we get some white on the ground, you know, um, before Santa Claus comes here in a couple of weeks. So, uh, coach, what do you guys, what do you guys do over there at the Banshee household for the holidays? You guys do anything special? Just a lot of, uh, family time, very similar to Thanksgiving, you know, family football and a lot of fun. And, and, uh, of course we're going to, we're going to get a lot of food in there as well, you know? Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a great time. I think for all of our listeners too, to really just be grateful for the things you have in your life. Um, some people have more, some people have, you know, more than more uh, in their life. And I think it's, it's really a great time to not only for, for you to be grateful, but also for our coaches and athletes, take a little time. We've talked about it before just to step away a little bit. And we talk about it at our places, Dean, before we get into our topics here today, we talk about it with our kids, you know, Tell your parents thank you for the things they're doing for you. Coaches, tell your players thank you, you know, for coming to practice and show some gratitude and show some love for those people that are coming daily, you know, in and out and things like that. I think, you know, and I know you guys do that at Kimberly as well. You know, Brian, I think it's very important, you know, especially for our parent listeners out there because, you know, the parents do so much more than our generation for their kids and helping them sign up for for training and doing, taking, going to all types of different sports activities. And we got a lot of multi-sport athletes in our school. And I know you train a lot of multi-sport athletes and, you know, the parents are, <clears throat> the parents are a big part of that. And uh, just a little shout out to all of our parents out there. Absolutely. And so all you that are listening, you know, we appreciate, you know, our listeners on a weekly basis, please keep sharing the show. We got a, a really cool thing that we're going to, We'll do the, the 12 days to get your edge. Coach and I are going to be releasing our top 12 podcasts from the, from the, uh, from the year here. We just released the podcast beginning of the year, and we're going to kind of go over our top 12 so you can re-listen to those as we approach the holidays here. But we want to get into our, our two guests that we had the last couple of weeks, Travis Diener and, and Matt Gifford, and a couple of topics that we had from Travis. And the first one I think is really powerful for our, for our athletes, Dean, and also for coaches you know, he talked about what coaches are looking for when they watch you play. And it could be the sport you're playing, or it could be a different sport. And he made a great reference, Dean, that if a coach is watching you play, he already thinks you're a good player. So if he, you know, use Travis as an example, as a basketball player, if a coach is coming to your basketball game, he's already interested in you because you're a good basketball player. So as an athlete, you have to understand they're looking at the intangibles. They're looking at your body language. If you, you know, you go 0 for 5 to start the game. They're looking for if you pick up two or three fouls, how you respond. They, they're looking for what kind of leadership you have on the floor. And coaches, you have to be sharing that with your athletes as well. Just because a coach shows up to watch one of your kids plays don't, don't mean they need to score four touchdowns. You need to be encouraging them to show the coaches these intangibles as they're getting recruited because – as we're seeing in sports nowadays, coaches are a little more apt to take maybe a little less talented player, but that's got those intangibles of hard work, dedication, discipline, and, and being a great teammate. Yeah, Brian, I wish, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'll, if 
But I, I wish I would have had this information a lot earlier. I think the biggest point that Travis did bring up was that because I just said so many high school athletes have, you know, get into a situation like that, no matter what the sport is. And all of a sudden, you know, they start to become anxious, you know, and, and their whole routine is different. They're trying to do something different than they've done in previous games. And, you know, we're about habit, you know, we're about discipline and having that, you know, same mindset when you go into a game, whether it's, it's the first game of the year or if it's a championship game. So that is so important. And I think as a coach, it's something, you know, as I reflected after the podcast, is something I probably have not done a very good job of doing. You know, I think sometimes we're so excited for the athlete that, you know, we're like, yeah, that's all. It's great. It's going to be a great game. You know, I hope you play well. And you're putting all that stuff in the individual set. And, and by the end of it, it all comes down to control and the controllables. And all those things that Travis was talking about, your body language, you know, your effort, how you react, maybe the referee or the official makes a bad call. You know, what is your reaction to that? What kind of teammate are you? Those things are all in your control. And I think in my situation, if, if a coach would have came up and said that to me as an athlete, that would have eased a lot of an anxiety. And as a coach, if I would give that information to athletes, I know that would be big because, you know, athletes come right up to me many of times throughout my teaching career and say, yeah, you know, this college is going to be there or so-and-so is going to be there. And it is a big deal to the athlete because all athletes want to win. All athletes want to do a good job. And that is a particular situation. That advice, I think, was game-changing advice, Brian. Well, Dean, too, I, I think one of the things that that athletes don't think about, and it's an experience that I went through when I was a high school athlete is coach Lechner, you know, Tom Lechner came and watched me play basketball and he was recruiting me to play baseball. Coaches want to see if you compete athletes and it doesn't matter. They, they want to know, you know, are you a good student? Are you competitive in the classroom? Are you competitive in your other sports? Because those, that's something you can't, you can't just teach. You can't just, you know, talk to a kid, you know, he, you either compete or you don't. And at the end of the day, I remember playing one of my, one of my worst basketball games when Tom Lechner was recruiting me as, as a baseball player. And the next morning I talked to him on the phone. He said, Brian, I, I'm not recruiting you to play basketball. I want to see what kind of teammate you are. I want to see what kind of leader you are. I want to see, are you a competitor? And do you find ways to win? And do you find ways to get it done? Even when you're playing really poorly. And I think in today's culture, we're so worried about, you know, how, how good we play, how many points we score and all the other things. And those intangibles are what the coaches are looking for. They want to know, are you hard nosed? Are you there in the weight room? Like we've talked about with AJ Klein doing all the extra little things. Coaches want to know that because you can find a guy that can score 30 points on a night, pretty much at, at most high schools, you're going to find a lot of good basketball players. Where are the kids that have the intangibles? Because that's how you win at the next level. You know, Coach Polisek, when he was at North Dakota State, he would come into our building a lot because he was one of the big um, recruiters for football in the state. And he would always go to basketball games or to a wrestling match. And I just remember so many times, you know, he would be asking about this kid or that kid that maybe was in, a, in our conference or on our schedule. So we really got to see that individual compete and he would just be coming back like so impressed with you know how competitive this person was and how they competed in a different sport and I remember coach Chris going up to 
different uh, individuals in the state of Wisconsin recruits and watching them wrestle. And it's been a decision where they actually give the kid a scholarship in just in that situation because they're so impressed. The other thing, Dean, you brought up a great point is that if you have a, if you're in a competitive conference and you have multiple kids from multiple schools getting recruited and, you know, we can use, you know, I'll just use a couple schools in your conference, you know, Appleton North, or Kimberly, you know, you may have kids that are getting recruited by the same school and those coaches might not be at your game athletes, but they're going to ask the other coaches in your conference, how, what kind of person you are, how do you compete after the game? Do you look at the coach and shake hands and say, good game coach, whether you win or lose, are you one of those guys that, you know, you want to bump shoulders and act tough and stuff like that. All those things at some point come back. And, and college coaches are going to ask numerous people, numerous questions in the community, in your conference, other parents. So there's always eyes on you, athletes, even if there's a coach or not in, that, in the stands watching you play. And believe it or not, you know, there are situations we've had a couple of kids get, um, you know, one, one is probably going to be getting drafted here and we have another one that's playing in the NFL and and NFL teams have actually came to the school and, and wanted to talk to counselors, you know, football coach, teachers, and they want to do, they're doing their research even at that level, going down, you know, two levels back down to high school. So yeah. you can imagine what, you know, they're doing at the college level and everything matters, athletes, everything matters. It's just like social media, what you post you know, and what you're in, what you like, and all that is out there. So everything that you do matters. And it's, it's very important. Well, it's not just what you post, it's what you like. You know what I mean? If you like something on Twitter that shows up on other, other people's pages, as, as you liked it, as coach Jones sent me a message one time, he said, Hey, I saw you like this post. You know what I mean? I'm like, I didn't even have a clue that other people could see that. And so, you know, Travis, that was a great point that he brought up Dean and, and another part of what Travis was talking about, kind of our second topic we want to touch base on is as you move up as an athlete, how your role is going to change and how you have to accept your role as an athlete. And we see this at, 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 at every level, Dean. Um, you know, kids move up to play, whether they're in middle school and they get to play in high school. If they're a freshman and maybe they get moved up to the varsity as a sophomore to play. And typically, if you're getting moved up, you're a good, you're a good player. And it's the same kind of when they go from high school to college, you know, everybody, every time you move up, your role may change. You may not always be the guy or the main girl, and you have to learn how to accept your role and to be an asset to your team, to your program. How can you be an asset? And we always use this in the football world. You move kids up, you know, maybe you move them up as they're sophomores and they get to play on special teams. And that's where you get your first opportunity to play. Special teams isn't the most glorious thing if you're not a punt returner, kick returner, right? If you're running down on kicks, if you're the holder uh, on, on PAT field goal, whatever, but you're getting the experience to play and you're proving yourself to the coaches and you're building trust. Are you someone we can count on to do their job? Because if you can do your job doing that, then we can put you in a role where you can be a starter. And so athletes we have to be able to accept whatever role we have and do it at the best of our ability to become an asset for our program you know i think brian sometimes 
individuals, they embrace that role. And then sometimes I think many times they really fight that and they think they, you know, deserve, or maybe they're entitled to some other type of role on the team. And I will say this, no matter what age you are, you are still competing at 100%. As I see many times at the high school level, somebody will give the opportunity to play, but yet their mindset, Brian, is, well, no, I'm going to let the senior play. This is even juniors. No, it's their turn. But no, it's, it's anybody's turn. It's you're competing for a job. Don't think because you're a junior and you're on the varsity team and there's a senior that's playing that same position that it's their turn. No, you are competing as hard as you can for an opportunity. And, and I think just a lot of athletes are just brought up. So it's just the, the nice world that they are. They're just really great kids. And, you know, they're, they're willing to just say, oh, it's their turn now. But you want to be a true competitor and you want to try to earn yourself a starting position, no matter what age you are. And then you have to be able to adapt to whatever it is. And maybe if you're not happy with the role, you're still competing to get that role that maybe is the goal of yours. Travis made a good point is his role in college was a lot different than it was in the pros. And he mentioned that the NBA is star driven and it's more about one-on-one matchups and when he went overseas, now it's more of a team concept. So you have to you have to change your game. You have to adapt. And you have to be very versatile as far as now you're still playing a game of basketball, but you, the level and the way you play is different. And so I think all the athletes have to understand that as well. And you look at every level that you move up, everybody's better. When you go from, when you go from high school to college, and you step foot on, on campus, every I only know one example, Dean, of a, a situation where when you're being recruited to step on campus that you weren't the best player at your high school at that position as James White. James White was a backup in, in high school, you know, because they were so good. His, his high school was so good. And he's still playing in the NFL. So maybe that's a, a recruiting thing that some coaches should look at is recruiting some backups. But you brought up a great point. Age... And, and we use this with leadership. Age is not the determining factor in leadership. Action is. The action you take. And I think coaches need to hear this as well. Just because you have seniors doesn't mean all seniors need to be captains. There's a lot of times that we're, we're, it should be senior driven because they have the most invested in the program. One of our best programs in our state of Wisconsin, one of the captains was a junior. And because he was the best leader on the team. And so we can't always use age as a determining factor. Like you said, the best players play, but you need to know this athletes as you move up, everybody's better. And if you wait to get your turn versus forcing action to get your turn, someone, they're going to recruit someone else. Someone else is going to come in the door. And if LeBron James or Kobe Bryant waited until they were age ready to play in the NBA, they would have given five or six years away. And so those are great examples of when it's your time, it's your time, but you also have to make it your time. It's action driven. Taking this into the coaching realm of things, Brian, I think coaches got to understand their role as well, but then they have to be willing to get out of their comfort zone and learn some other role to help them be a better coach. I think sometimes you know, for example, 
you, you know, maybe I'm a basketball coach and I'm just taking care of the bigs and we're working on low post moves or, or whatever the situation is. I think you cannot get so stuck in just your position, maybe football, you're the offensive line coach or you're a DB coach. I think you have to get out of your box, out of your comfort zone and learn other things as well. And then, Hey, you have to communicate with the head coach. Maybe you have an interest in learning something else. You go to a you go to a clinic, you go to a conference, and you maybe have a friend that's coaching somewhere else, and you've learned a lot there. And you can bring that information to your group, to your team, and it's going to benefit all parties, all coaches, all athletes involved. And coaches, it's how can you make the organization better? That's my favorite interview question as I interview trainers. What, what are you going to bring to the table that's going to make us better? Because I feel like we do things really well right now. And so we could hire someone that I could train to just do it exactly the way I want. But I would rather have someone that's going to bring something extra to the table. That's going to bring something that's going to make us think outside the box. You know, bringing, you know, and, and we bring speakers in to our, to our facility to make our, our trainers better. We just brought the, the, the best female lifter in the world in. Okay, to, to work with our trainers, even though I feel like we teach the conjugate system extremely well, you can still get better. And so when, you, when you're in an organization that's got a lot of success, you're always looking to how can we, like Steve Jones would say, Dean, be a moving target? You know, how can we keep moving and keep, keep improving to get better? And so I really think, Dean, that kind of leads into two of the things that Matt Gifford talked about um, is starting at the youth ages, the impact that youth coaches and parents have on kids. And he talked about, you know, and, and Matt is a, is a speed guru. And, you know, a lot of the things, if you guys follow him on Instagram, a lot of his posts are around speed driven and athleticism. And things like that. And he said that he fell in love with speed training because one of his youth coaches, you know, in football, it wasn't just football driven. It was some type of, he called it micro dosing of speed work before practice. And so I think we forget sometimes youth coaches and parents, the impact that we're having at such a young age. And, and Matt shared that with us. Yeah, I believe that was a Fayette teacher that he had. Brian, when he was talking about that, it was an situation there where this FIED teacher really kind of was ahead of his curve and, and, you know, ahead of his time and really was into speed. And he was starting to do some speed type of drills and, and some concepts into the physical education class. And I know as a physical education teacher that, you know, a lot of just getting kids interested in different sports is, is driven by a teacher, a coach you know, somebody in the building, you know, I always say, for example, there, every track, every school out there has a track championship out there. You have to get the kids out for track, for example, but you have to get involved. You know, you have to find out, Hey, this kid's athletic in class, get them out for sports. And then the impact that you can make on those individuals is huge. I'll just use my example. You know, I've coached football and I've coached track at the high school level. And level, many a times just seeing kids in a gym, we'll, we'll recruit a kid and say, hey, why don't you give track a, 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 you know, just give it a chance. And no, no, no. And they might say no for the first 10 times we ask. But maybe on the 11th time, they say, I'll give it a shot. And maybe they're a volleyball kid. 
or, you know, they're a basketball kid and eventually they give it a shot, you know, and some work out and some do, but I'll tell you when it works out for the individual, many times they come back and say, coach, you know, thank you. Thank you for, you know, really getting on me. You saw something in me. You thought I could be good. I never would have thought that myself. And the parents will come back and say, thank you as well, because, you know, you look, for example, at track and how many people understand if, if you're going to be a good pole vaulter or a jumper or a thrower or a hurdler, all those different types of events in track and field. Many times, many kids do never have an experience at the middle school or the youth level, and they don't even know that they can be good. And one of the greatest lines that, that you use when we present, you know, when we go to high schools and present is there's a fumble recovery in every kid. And so having coaches, having that belief and not giving up on kids is incredible right now. The, the positive reinforcement we can give athletes to move them forward in their lives is incredible. And, and we as coaches know that you should pay it forward because all of us at some point had a coach that inspired us to want to coach, whether they were a sport coach, strength coach, FIAD teacher. That's why we're in this profession because someone along the way, no matter if we were in fifth grade, high school, college, did something that helped us fall in love with coaching. And so a lot of times we as coaches forget that we could be impacting someone's life that very day, that very moment. You know, if a kid misses a squat in the, in, in the squat rack, how do you handle him? How do you push him forward? If someone misses a shot to lose a game, you know, what kind of reinforcement are you giving? Hey, shoot that shot again. Hey, we, you know, we, we had the ball in your hands for a reason. And so coaches, we have to remember that, that we want good coaches to continue to come through whether it's position coaches, strength coaches, FIAD coaches, you know, athletic trainers, whatever, we need grit. We need to continue to, to foster our profession. And so we have to remember that all the time, anytime we're, we're talking to kids, however we run our practices, if we run a real sound practice, kids are going to remember that. If our practice is a cluster, you know, kids are going to be like, well, I'm not getting any better here. I'm not, you know, I, you know, things like that. So we have to remember that the impact that we have is daily on the kids and it could be for their life. And Brian too, I think, you know, we could do a whole podcast on youth coaching. Yes. A few big things that really stand out, you know, what coach Giff said is, is really being patient. You know, that is, that is crucial and you have to make it fun for youth kids. You know, I think too many times youth coaches, it's win, 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 you know, and they're all worried about things like that. The bottom line is, I know in our youth football program, the true success of our coaches is that these kids go out the following year. And, you know, it's it's not going to be realistic. Not, a, not 100% are going to go out the next year. But your impact, coaches, that you make on these individuals is huge. As a 27-year teacher now, as far as experience, so many kids said, yeah, almost quit in seventh grade because – of what a coach told me, or, you know, I didn't like their coaching style of yell, 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 yell all the time, you know, and no positives ever. And their life would have seriously changed big time if they did not decide to go out and have that great experience that we learn through participating in athletics at the high school level. 
The other thing, Dean, too, is we're not telling coaches don't misconstrue for what we're saying, right? We're not telling you to be soft on kids, you know, hold them accountable, you know, hold them accountable, but you got to know where the line is. You have to know where the line is because we've talked about this so many times, Dean, just in our private conversations, a lot of kids don't like the weight room. That's just that, that, you know, we think as strength coaches that every single kid that walks in the weight room is going to have the same passion for the weight room that we do. That's just not true. And so how do you help them fall in love with the process of developing themselves as you, as you go through in, into their career? You know, Coach Mangan had a nice thing. He sent me a text and he said what he really enjoyed about Coach Gifford's performance, you know, at the podcast was he said, we want kids to always want to come back here. And he's talking about his training facility, Ethic Sports Performance. This should be a very inviting home. It should be a fun environment. But with that being said, it should never supplant the discipline, the work, and the results. And I think that is big. So it can be done. You can push kids. You can try to get everything out of those individuals. You can have a lot of fun. It can be a very warming environment, but yet you still have to have the discipline, the hard work, and all the rest of it that comes with it. And I think by fostering that kind of falls into our last point that, that Matt talked about that we really like Dean, because uh, we've been talking about this now since he was on, is that encouraging athletes to be curious and ask questions um, to become better. And he used the example of Kobe Bryant meeting with Michael Jackson. And to me, over the last year or two, one of the things I've really done, Dean, is really tried to surround myself with like-minded people and not based on the profession. Now you and I are, are I think very unique because we're very like-minded and we're in the same profession, but I can, I can tell you, I mean, the circle of people that I've gone around with has changed. And, you know, three of the people that I get resources from or communicate with pretty much on a weekly basis, one's a realtor, one builds football stadiums, and one's the, the CEO of a, of a distributing company. And the reason I talk with them a lot, one, because I, I work with their kids, but two, because they're giving me perspectives on how to be successful in business and in, you know, in, in your life. And so for me, it doesn't have to always be strength coaches. You know, I'm curious to learn, hey, what are some of the things you've done to be successful? And athletes, that's a, I mean, with the internet now, you have everything right at your fingertips. We've talked about that with Google. Google is the greatest thing. You can be as curious as you want. Brian, you know, that's huge because I always like it when kids make me as a coach think. And there's so much information out there with the internet and, and the web and all that, that, you know, kid will say, well, I saw, for example, in, in throwing, I'll give you an example, track and field throwing, is I saw this, you know, Olympian do this in this situation. And it's awesome when they get real curious and say, well, you know, I, I can't do that. And it's like, absolutely, you don't bench 700 and squat close to 900 pounds. You're not going to be able to do that. But it's great when they ask questions and because many times as coaches, we want to make sure is, you know, what does it feel like for the athlete? Because we can give them teaching cues, we can give them suggestions, but 
the bottom line, I think, really working with an athlete when we talk about athletic performances is they have to be able to give us feedback on what their body is feeling. And that might just come from here. You know, are they dead? Do they got dead legs? Do they need more recovery? But you know, and I know is when we're putting together weight programs for individuals, you really got to know that individual. You got to have great feedback with each other. And then you're working together to help that individual do whatever they're trying to get accomplished quicker and better than when they started. Well, Dean, I mean, success leaves clues, right? And when you see, like, going back to the Kobe Bryant, Michael Jackson thing, that's more common than, than I think a lot of people understand. You start to look at, you know, you see photos on the internet, and you see people in different walks of life, whether it's entertainment, dancing, singing, uh, football, all different kinds of people, you know, podcasters, um, fighters, they all intermingle. The most successful pick, people kind of inter intermingle with each other because success leaves clues. And athletes always being inquisitive and asking questions because coaches, you better be able to answer that question. If you have something in your program, if you're doing something from a practice standpoint, if you're teaching a wide receiver to run an out route and stick this foot in the ground, why are we doing you better have the answer to that because kids nowadays are starting to understand, hey, I should be asking. I want to know why. The why we do things is just as important as how we do it. You know, the why is extremely important, Brian. And, you know, coaching, I just remember when I was a young coach and starting out, and obviously you don't have the experience, you don't have the knowledge that a lot of the veteran coaches have and things like that. But a lot of times I would just be like, hey, they'd be like, do you understand? Yep, 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 yep. And I really, truly didn't understand. And, you know, and all that did was put me in a position when then I was out on the field or the court or, or the diamond or whatever, coach, you know, sport that I was coaching. When those situations came up, I just kind of had to fake it like I knew what was going on. And so young coaches out there, any coaches, because everything evolves so quick, don't be afraid to go to your head coach or somebody else on staff that understands it and, and be retaught. You know, it's kind of guided practice in the weight room. We can give an exercise and we can demonstrate it. We can coach it up and everything like that. But, you know, it's going to, that learning curve is always occurring. And just because you can squat with a barbell on your back good doesn't mean when you got a, a big load on there and a lot of weight that you're going to have that same kind of form. So it's always guided practice. You're always grooving those good movement patterns. And coaches, they please... Figure out a way to understand it because I think every coach wants to give back that knows the knowledge, just like we're trying to give athletes, coaches, parents some knowledge to help everybody get their edge, but make sure that you have that communication. I know you might feel awkward, like, oh, geez, you know, I should be knowing this stuff and I don't know it. There's never a bad question. And that's with athletes, ask questions, coaches ask questions. And then everybody is going to benefit from that. And it comes back to a little bit, the part about being patient. If you create a culture with your athletes or with your staff of fear, no one's going to ask questions. And when you say, Hey, do you understand this? Everybody's going to say, yeah, I understand it, but they're not going to know, you know? So at the end of the day, you have to create a culture of accepting and sharing information and, being able to ask a question and being able to make mistakes. 
if you're afraid to make mistakes on the court, field, whatever, you're not going to play as hard as you can. If you're afraid to make a mistake as a coach, you're not going to coach as hard as you can. So we have to create a culture in our gyms, our FIED programs, our, our teams, that kids can do things as hard as they can. They're going to make mistakes. They can ask questions and feel okay with it and not feel like they're an outlier. Yeah, that's, you know, that that's really good information there, Brian. And I think you have to make sure kids all feel comfortable within your group, within your team, and that they can ask questions. And, you know, even if one of the individuals thinks it's a bad question, it, there's never a bad question. The, the bad question is no question, you know, where everybody just sits there and looks at each other and then there's miscommunication. You have to make sure to everybody's communicate. And then, you know what? Athletes, when you make a mistake, say, I made a mistake. Own it. That's normal. Coaches, same thing. Own it. Some of the best coaches I've been around said, you know what? Yeah. I I didn't have us in the right – I didn't have us lined up right for that play. That's on me, guys. That's on me. Kids want to hear that because they think, you know, they want to know you're human too. And And everybody makes mistakes. it's not my bad. It's not my bad. It's not my bad. I made a mistake, and this this is how I'm going to correct it because – the respect you're going to get coaches from your players is enormous because if you act like you're, you're perfect. Okay. Your kids are going to see through that. All right. And, and athletes, if you're like, coach, I didn't pay attention. I was in the wrong coverage. Never happened again. And then you go and show your coach that you're going to do that. Your coach is going to trust you even more because you have to own it. You have to own it. Well, Dino, we sharpened this one today. This baby was sharp. So you know, just going to follow or just kind of recap, obviously college coaches, you know, they're looking for the intangibles when they come watch you play athletes. Remember that. And then coaches as well. If you're getting evaluated, you know, if your body language, if you're getting a technical all the time when you're coaching basketball, people see that. Okay. And then make sure as your role changes as an athlete, you accept it, you become an asset to what you're doing. All right. Make sure that you're making the team better, making your teammates better. All right. Youth coaches, Parents, remember the effect you're going to have on young kids. All right. They only get one chance to play. So again, remember that. And and ideology is going to be formed at the young age, just like movement patterns are formed at the young age. And then the last thing, surround yourself with like-minded people, man. Um, Get around people that share the same vision as you do, whether you're a coach, athlete, whatever it is. Um, If you got to make your, I made this post on Instagram, you know, my circle's gotten smaller and I'm okay with that because I want people around me you know, and, and I know you want people around you that share the growth mindset. And, and that's something that is only going to make you better as a person. Dino, uh, Fox Valley Throw starts up January 9th. Okay, it's still time to get registered for that. Sports Advantage, we've got our ultimate football offseason program that we work with Streamline Physical Therapy. That is in the works. We've got some big time things coming down the hatch here, Dean. Uh, pretty uh, gritty guest. We'll just say uh, coming up the next week after we're done, uh, we'll let our, our Badger football fans think about that for a little bit and, and get ready for that guest coming down the pipe. Um, really want to thank everybody for listening. We've had a blast doing this. We're going to do the 12 days of Get Your Edge before the holidays and get a chance to listen to some of the older podcasts like the Lewis Corella one, Joe Thomas, you know, Alec Gingold, who's recovering from his ACL. Um, Coach Jones and so many other great ones. Give those a listen. 
Um, hope your families have a great holiday season, and we will see you next time. Chop it!